Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Reddick, and this week I am very, very excited because we are going to be talking about growth mindset, which is a term that I heard for the first time, I would say about two years ago, and the more I hear about it, the more I love it. Um, And for that, I have Pascal Brady, who I met at Nanny Palooza. Uh, again, this is a plug for Nanny Palooza. It was a, a game changer in my in my nanny career to go to that conference. Uh, and I met Pascal there. She was one of the speakers. Uh, Pascal is a life and business coach. She calls herself the challenge coach and ends up working with parents a lot. And then she also works with the Parent Encouragement Program or PEP. Uh, and and she's here to talk to us. Hello, Pascal. Hi, Martha. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to be with you. Thank you so much for asking me. I'm just delighted <laughs> well, thank and honored. You. Yes. Thank you for coming on. Um, and before we get into talking about growth mindset, let's hear a little bit about your background uh, and, and working with parents on on helping encourage kids. Sure. So I am um, French, just put it out there right away, right off the bat, because you'll probably hear an accent. And I um, have an MBA and used to do international sales. And then I had kids. And then I thought it was going to be super easy. And then it was a disaster from day one. And then my friends told me about this place called PEP, the Parent Encouragement Program, where I could go take classes to learn how to parent. Can you imagine that? Like, <laughs> no. it's like unbelievable. And so I went and I loved, loved, loved it. But they only had two classes. And so I had to take them over and over again. And so the only way to really just be able to keep bathing in this forever would was to become a, a, a parent educator myself. So I did that. I, I have two kids. There are two daughters who are 19 and 17 now. And oh, wow. I went to PEP for the first time when Suzanne was one years old. So that's 18 years ago. Oh, and I've goodness. been teaching, teaching those classes for 16, 17 years now. And so I'm one of their, I hate to say this, um, one of their senior educators. And uh, <laughs> so I give talks, I give workshops, I'm in the community a lot. And uh, I, I have my own business on top of that as a coach, as a um, 
a business and life coach, like you said, and I do some parent coaching as as that. But mostly my my parent education stuff is through Pep, and uh, I'm honored and just absolutely love it. It's my passion to go in the communities and give talks at PTA meetings or give uh, workshops like I did at Nanny Palooza or you know teach some of those long classes, and uh, can never get enough and and never teach that that stuff enough. It's really like you said. Like you said, for many Palooza, it's life-changing. <laughs> really yeah, wonderful. It really is. And it, it's it's so wonderful to to find a community like that, that you can say, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling with this. And, exactly. And have a group of people say, yeah, we, we are too, or, or here's something <laughs> exactly. I've tried um, right. that have worked. Uh, yeah. I just, I feel like there's, there's so much pressure on, on parents to to be you know quote unquote perfect and that's just not the way it happens and like you and like i said before this is the one thing that is not i mean maybe not the the one thing but one of the probably most important things for sure that is not being taught in schools ever i mean you have kids and there's no like you know you put your 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 car keys in your in your 16 year old's hands you don't just let them go and drive the car (laughs) you teach them for like 30 hours of driver's ed and then 60 hours of of driving with you on the road before they take this really this test you know and we just have kids and we start raising them we've never taken a class it's like pretty insane when you think about it it really is yeah um so Yes. And, and for, for nannies, we're part of that support system for parents. Um, Mm -hmm. and so anything that we can do to, to help parents, I think is really helpful. And then also in turn to help the kids that, that we nanny for. And when you spoke, uh, at Nanny Palooza, one of the things that really, um, caught my attention and, and I perked up was was when I heard you talk about growth mindset um, mm-hmm. and and helping kids develop grit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. So let's start with kind of a, a more basic uh, question, which is what is the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset? Right. So I um, I was thinking about how to talk about that. And I think the first step is really to define what what does mindset mean, really. Yeah. And so this is where I'm going to introduce Carol Dweck, who is the one who's really written the book called Mindset. <laughs> and so she's the one talking about this. She actually also has a TED talk about this called The Power of Yet. I'll tell you more about that at the end. But um, so she's a Stanford University researcher. And, and uh, what she says is mindsets are powerful drivers of perceptions about self and others, as well as our own capabilities and place in the world. So they guide, basically our mindset guide the whole interpretation process. So it's really important because how our mindset is what defines, you know, how we view ourselves, we view ours, how we place ourselves in the world. Uh, it's it's fundamental, obviously, right? right? And then you're asking me, what is the difference between both fixed and growth mindset? So let me then now tell you what a fixed mindset is. So yeah. a fixed mindset is when you think, um, I am as I am. That's the bottom line of it. Right. It's, it really is that innate intelligence and intelligence and talent, which can also be described as lack factor of abilities that we're born yeah. with, you know, how lucky we are, whether we're born smart or not smart. Um, and that's more central to successful, to successful learning and change than effort and commitment are. So a fixed mindset looks like I am what I am. So intelligence, talent, ability is innate and cannot be changed much. 
the focus is on exterior motivation and how you will be judged. So that's very important. In a fixed mindset, what matters is the outside motivation that comes from the outside, the, the carrot or the stick, or whether you're being punished or rewarded, uh, or what people say about you. You're a good girl, you're a bad boy, you know, things like that. Right. In a fixed mindset, um, you're not going to be taking a lot of risks. Um, you're not going to be exerting a lot of effort. You're going to avoid doing those things, those things to protect potential in inadequacies from being seen. You don't want to be, you don't want people to notice that you're not that smart, right? right. So you're just really not going to take a lot of risk and effort. And people who have a fixed mindset expect ability to show up before any learning begins. So mm. if you're good at math, okay, you, you can go take a, an AP math class and start being really good at math. Because you have a math brain, right. you, you, you know, that's the fixed mindset. As opposed to that, a growth mindset is a state of mind that thrives on pushing past one's limits to gain more mastery um, over ourselves or, or subjects or topics. And we view failure as a hardening springboard for growth and for stretching our existing abilities, mm -hmm. right? So... I like to talk about growth. This is my one of my favorite topics because yeah. in coaching and in, in educating parents and, and anybody that, that wants to know about this topic, it's all about neuroscience. It's all about the science of the brain. And in the last 10, 20 years now, neuroscience has really uh, taken off the science of the brain and the, the research about the brain. And they've mm -hmm. kind of discovered to scientists that the brain can actually be changed. So what I'm talking about here, what Carol Dweck is talking about is not like la la land, you know, we're, right. we're not making this up. This is actually proven by science that you can actually grow your brain. You can actually change your brain. And so I like to tell people that you can imagine that your brain is kind of like a muscle. It's not, right. but it's kind of like <laughs> a muscle. And if you go to the gym of your brain, you can actually grow your brain and make it, make it become better really. Right. And, um, so what a growth mindset looks like is improvement and growth come through hard work. Mm -hmm. Improvement and growth come through hard work. Persistence occurs even when difficulty and setbacks occur. So when you have a growth mindset, you persist even when things get hard, right? right. And also when you have a growth mindset, failure or success don't define you. You're not mm -hmm. defined by, by, you know, I'm good at math or you're not defined by, I really am bad at math. You, you guys are going to hear that I talk about math a lot because this <laughs> is the story of my life. So that's why math comes up a lot. But, um, yeah. you know, in a growth mindset, it's not you're good or bad at math. It doesn't matter. And uh, in a growth mindset, you learn from constructive feedback and constructive feedback leads to improvement. So what I really want to say that's so important is that children, like all of us, are going to be faced with hardships. They're going to be faced with embarrassments, with humiliation, with disappointments, with failures, right? That is life. That's what life, I always tell my clients, your next, your next life challenge is in the mail. It's coming, <laughs> right? So the thing, though, is, of course, we grown-ups, we kind of know that for one thing, and we are a little bit more resilient we've been we've built our resistance we've built our um stamina you know we we kind of have learned how to deal with those things those little kids they're those those little people in the making they don't have the shell yet they don't have the muscles yet they don't have the the grit we're going to talk about that in a second they don't have the grit yet to face these difficulties and so um so that's why it's really important to have this growth mindset because if you don't have the growth mindset 
what are you going to do when you have a life challenge showing up at your door? Yeah. Right. Does that You're make sense? Quit, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that is, it's so heartbreaking to, to see that. Um, and so, cause yeah. I, I have seen kids faced with challenges and, and really been, um, knocked flat by them, you know? Well, and in a lot of my, my talks in my classes, parents are like, uh, asking, so what, um, you know, my kid just says she can't do it. And then she just won't do it. She just sits there and she won't even try, you know, mm -hmm. what do I do about that? Like, how do I instill, uh, how do I instill this in my ch children? So that's what a fixed mindset leads to. Right. It's just people who are completely discouraged, who don't even try and, um, who are going to avoid difficult, difficult things because they don't think they can. Right. right. Yeah. And so that's the, I, I'm just going to tell you now, since we're, we're talking about this. Yeah. So the story, the, the reason why I'm so passionate about this, I think stems from my childhood. So when I was little and I went to school, so I, I'm French, right? And so the French school system a, a few decades ago, I'm just going to say a few decades ago was not the same as it is here today in America. And, um, and I was really having a hard time in math. And so fairly quickly, I developed this mindset that just I I just couldn't do math, and then that was reinforced by my teachers, who always say, you know, she's really working hard, but she's struggling. She's not she's not making it. I mean, visibly, she can't do this, right? And then at at, at home, my parents would say, no, well, you know, they talk about me over my head, you know, like some adults do over the heads right. of children, like they're not there and they don't hear. Um, yeah, math is really nothing. She's really, I mean, in everything else, she's doing pretty well, but math is really not her thing, right? So kind of like it was a self fulfilling prophecy that kept happening. I would even walk around telling people, you know, I'm missing a piece of brain. I have the piece of brain where math lives. I wasn't born with it. Wow. I don't have it. And so I went through my entire studying, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, college, you know, just resigned to the fact that I was going to be an F student in math, period. And I never even tried. Right. right. And luckily, and then I, re I came to adulthood where math, you know, when you're an adult, you need math for what, for recipes, mm -hmm. for calculating, uh, you know, when you have, um, you're doing your expenses and you, you have to calculate yeah, your, your gas stuff, you know, your, your budget, you, maybe you help your kids a little bit with their homework, whatever. And I realized, oh my goodness, I can actually do these things. <laughs> like I'm not as stupid as I thought. I thought I was stupid. Yeah thought it was stupid yeah so and so i'm sorry let me finish so so yeah. what i've been doing with my kids ever since they were born because of course a little part of me was thinking maybe they have the same no math brain as i do and i'm not letting that happen to them right and so i've been telling them you have a growth mindset you just you just need to work hard if you so there's this guy he's his name is dan siegel dan siegel he's a famous incredible neuroscientist he's mm -hmm. written a ton of great books and what he says all the time is he says what yeah. fires wires so you have those little those little um neurons. uh neurons in your brain thank you very much you have those little neurons might not fry as you can tell <laughs> you have those little neurons in your brain right and they fire and they fire and they fire and they try to connect and they try to connect and it's hard and it hurts and you have to practice and you have to persist. And then eventually the connection is established. You should see my fingers right now right together. <laughs> and eventually the connection is established and it's kind of like this electrical thing. It's like, hooray, I got it. I got it. And so when my kids were learning the multiplication tables, mm -hmm. they would just like not want to do it and it would take them forever. And I said, what wires fires? You know, white fires, wires, whichever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, but it, yeah. And that's, that's, that's it. That's the growth mindset right there. Yes. And I, I will say I, I experienced a similar story with math. Uh, so it wasn't just 
French education, mm. uh, American education as well, we had these things called minute math. And so you had to do a certain number of math problems within a minute. And I, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I remember math, those, but I'm not, I'm not quick. And I, and mm. I, uh, and it's it's a skill that I, I haven't practiced being quick at math. Uh, but that to me translated as that I, I wouldn't be good at math ever. <laughs> and so uh-huh. um, and that I that stuck with me. Um, uh-huh. And and I'm still working on on becoming uh, quicker at math. But yes, I, I certainly can do it. And <laughs> and then um mad that I, I spent so many years thinking that I couldn't. So here's an, another example. I know we're going to talk about all of this, but yeah. another example, and, and it's, it, again, I really think I'm discovering now as I'm talking to you, I really think that that's the reason why this, this particular to- topic is so dear to me and so important because I did have parents bless their hearts. They were wonderful parents in so many ways, right? But this is the one thing where they really weren't <laughs> that great. And so here's the other thing they were doing. I was, okay, granted, I grew very fast mm-hmm. for standards of the times I was pretty tall. I grew fast. And you know, and, and everybody who's listening probably knows that when kids grow, sometimes their bodies have these growth spurts. So their bodies kind of like grow really fast. And suddenly they have longer limbs and legs and arms and stuff, but the brain hasn't grown at the same speed. And so they kind of like, they turn around and they hit things with their arms and their legs. So that was me, right? I was right. this like length, what's the word? Length, lanky, lanky, lanky yeah. person. And so my parents would always keep saying all the time, you know, like, like 20 feet around Pascal, there's nothing but her legs. <laughs> and, you know, you can't sit under the table without being kicked by her, you know, and I, they would call me clumsy all the time. She's mm-hmm. so clumsy, you know, and so again, talking over my head to other people and telling, telling them about how clumsy I was. Well, guess what? I grew up being, guess what? <laughs> Lanky and clumsy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then one day a grown up tells me, we're on the side of the mountain and uh, we're, we're on hiking this very, very tenuous trail along the very steep mountain and, uh, and something uh, falls out of one of our bags or something like that and it falls down and I have an incredible reflex of reaching down and catching this stuff. And this person tells me, oh my God, I have never seen anybody with such reflexes. And I was like, wow, they're right. I'm actually maybe not that clumsy after all, right? And from that point on, I started noticing that, in fact, I was really not clumsy at all. But it followed me for decades after I grew up that I had this label, you know, this fixed mindset around I am clumsy because that's what I had been called. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've talked about it before on the podcast, but um, Brene Brown, who mm-hmm. does uh, shame, talks yeah. a lot about uh, shame and, and things like that. And she tells stories in several of her books about her children and, and uh, not being labeled as things. Oh, so yeah. not saying you're dirty, um, <laughs> but saying your your clothing, look at how much how much fun you had and how covered your clothing exactly. is, you know? And then yep. and then saying we need to clean up before dinner or the next activity or whatever so that it doesn't get everywhere. What whatever. Exactly. But not mm-hmm. labeling the child as dirty um is really important. Uh and so with that, let's let's talk about grit. <laughs> since we're talking about dirt um let's talk about grit and and what is what is grit and how can we help our kids develop grit into their life 
Yeah. So that's a really good question. So one thing I want to tell you listeners is that grit is really just a, you know, how, how words and expressions and, and concepts are fads at some times. So grit is the fad of the day for sure. I mean, there's like tons of books coming out with grit and like when Brittany Broad came out with their TED talk on shame, that became the thing. Right. So, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's great to, to explore those things. But um, what grit really is, is it's mental toughness and courage. It's Mm -hmm. firmness of mind or of spirits. It's also unyielding courage in the face of hardship or danger. So it's, it really is one step further than courage. Courage is having um, the belief that you can tackle what comes your way, even if you really don't know how you're going to do it ahead Mm -hmm. of time. Right. That's what courage is. Grit is you being like it's hurting like this thing that's good that's hard thing that's coming your way is really hard and it's actually really hurtful and you're you're holding tough in the midst of that toughness you're in the middle of that storm and it's pounding on you and it's hitting you and you're holding tight and you're you're still moving forward despite the harshness of 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 the pain you know so it's really one step beyond beyond uh, courage and by the way um the person I'm going to refer to here about this topic is Angela Lee Duckworth. And so she, um, it's a long story, but she was in fact a consultant at uh, McKinsey for 20, in her 20s. Then she left to teach seventh grade and then math. Hey, <laughs> what a fun topic. <laughs> seventh grade math. And then she, um, for a bunch of years in New York, and then she went back to school and became um, uh, a psychologist, right? And so oh, she, wow, now yeah. she's an assistant professor. And so she has a TED Talk about that, which I will will refer to at the end. But um, here's one thing that she says, and I think that's so important to point out. Most people think, most people, most, most grown-ups, most parents think that what really determines success is intelligence, IQ, right? Um, some of it is social intelligence. Some of it is maybe your health. Some of, some people even think it might be your looks, you know, if you're, you know, uh, but grit is actually something very different. And grit is really uh, defined as deliberate practice. So practicing, 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 passion and perseverance for very long-term goals, wrestling adversity into success. So transforming adversity into success, and defining success by our own sense of accomplishment. So not somebody else telling you, but you're defining yourself what accomplishment looks like for yourself. Yeah. So going back to those details, what I wanted to say is deliberate practice. I can give you some example. Um, there's a guy named Malcolm Gladwell, and mm-hmm. he wrote a book um, called, um, oh, of course, I knew this was going to happen. Do you know oh, his book? Um, Ugh. Not Outliers. Um the other one, uh, the other one, though, the one that talks about the 10,000 hours. Yeah. And I'm we'll, blanking too. We'll, I, we'll find it. Yep. <laughs> and refer to I'm it. I'm sure someone in their car is yelling it at us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but in any case, he talks about, you know, and it's still, it's since been questioned. So who knows what the real science is behind it. But nonetheless, he talks about the fact that all the, the expert in their field or the Olympians or the whatever, they have practiced 10,000 hours to get to something, right? So it requires, uh, I was a pianist growing up and, and I studied piano until, you know, pretty, um, pretty, I went pretty far. And I started with, you know, 15 minutes a day when I was four to an hour a day when I was in middle school to two hours a day or three hours a day when I was in high school. And then I ended up practicing four to six hours a day. 
you know, uh-huh. and you couldn't get to where you, that level that you needed if you didn't practice this much. So grit, deliberate p- practice, passion and perseverance for very long-term goals. Let me give you a couple of examples. It's really about having stamina, right? So right. Uh, JK Rawlings, you know, the one yes. who wrote the uh, Harry yes. Potter books, do you know how many times she was rejected by uh, publishers before, before somebody, um, somebody took her book? What? It was like, Upwards of 11 or something like that, right? Well, you're good. Yeah, 12. <laughs> I, I love Harry exactly. Potter. So. <laughs> 12 publishers that rejected yeah. her. And that's on the heels of, of suffering a stream of potentially devastating personal failures, right? Michael Jordan, you know, the guy who plays basketball, yeah. he was cut from his high school basketball team. If you look at Michael Phelps, you know, the swimmer, mm-hmm. I mean, he was just a complete loser. His his family had told him, you know, he's probably borderline autistic and he's like really not going anywhere. He's not cut up for anything. Right. Right. So <laughs> those people persisted and look where it got them. Right. Um, and and again, as I said, wrestling adversity into success. So grit, grit really taking that hard thing that is coming your way and decided you're going to not let it um bring you down and in to the country you're going to transform that and grow from it you know you know the famous and and glib expression really but it is so true though what doesn't kill you make you stronger right? right and uh and defining success by your own sense of accomplishment concentrating um if you concentrate on the rewards it distracts it de- it detracts you from the learning so yeah. you can't concentrate on that you concentrate on you know the progress the the minor successes along the way and what you define as accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, that's so important. Um, but I do feel like sometimes, uh, especially as nannies, because we're walking into an already established culture. So a family culture that's been yeah, established. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, something that I would love to as we Uh, talk more is how to (laughs) kind uh, of coach the entire family potentially um into into more of this direction uh because there are there are a lot of parents that that subscribe to the if their kids are happy then they're then they're doing well and and that's not always necessarily true um so sometimes celebrating those mistakes or those the the failures that happen um are so important uh to to let kids experience that uh to not rescue them um that was something that that you talked about um at uh-huh. Nanny Palooza but uh-huh. when when the kids do make a mistake or or fail at something that they're trying how can we as nannies respond in a way that that helps them grow and not necessarily immediately rush in and rescue them if it's dangerous obviously we will rescue them just right, yeah, yeah, yeah. but right because you know uh we grown-ups who are t- taking care of, of little ones our number one job that trumps everything else is health and safety. Yes. Right. So health and safety is always the thing that no matter what comes first and that it lasts the entire time that those kids are under our care. So that's, that's literally goes without saying into my contract. <laughs> right. So, um, so your question is a really, I mean, man, you can't even imagine how much I've been 
thinking about this question because some people asked me that at at the conference and it's really you know i was i was telling you guys what what a difficult job i think it must be that you're doing because you are at that conference and the parents are not <laughs> they're not come they're not necessarily coming right. to the parenting classes and so like you said you know when, when we teach those classes um and we we ask people what are your long-term goals for those children what do you think is really important undoubtedly there's going to be a few people who are going to say well you know what's what i'm going to know I'm, i've been successful raising the kids if they're happy right? right and we explain to them that happiness cannot be a goal in and of itself happiness is not a goal and actually our job as as educators of young children is not to make children happy. That is not our job. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, first of all, an, an inside job, an internal job. Only we can make ourselves happy. Uh, but also happiness is only, it's the cherry on the cake. Mm-hmm. We are happy when we are a bunch of other things. Yeah. And some of these things is when we're growing, when we're learning, when we feel we're successful, when we are giving to others, when we're generous, when we're contributing, when we feel connected to other humans, that's when happiness comes as a side effect almost, you know what I mean? But to answer your question is how do you coach the family? There's a bunch of things that I'm thinking of. One of them is, is, um, and and I, I'm thinking of those classes where one parent comes to the classes and says, well, what about the other parent who's at <laughs> home and not interested and sometimes even rebellious, not d- against it, doesn't think so. Or parents who are divorced with, blend, you know, two families mm-hmm. and the other, the other divorcee is the other parent is somewhere else and, and, and doesn't. And so what we say is you can, um, you can start printing articles out. You can leave, buy books, read them, talk about them with them. You can loan them your books and say, you know, I read this. This is fascinating. I listened to this podcast. You should, you know, if you have time, you know, you can listen to this as you drive to work and give them resources that parents can actually, you know, even in their busy lives, listen in, read, digest, etc. So sometimes, you know, just a short article that you might find might be really useful because it's short or like I said, a podcast or a book on tape or something, things like that. I think that. Oh, exactly. Or TED Talk. It's so popular these days, right? Right. So that's the first thing. And about that, I just wanted to give your your listeners a few additional uh, data points that they can bring home to the families and to the grownups in the families, right? Mm -hmm. So there's another guy. His name is Paul Tao, T-O-U-G-H. And what he writes is um, what science has been discovering lately can be summed up in one sentence, which is character is created by encountering and overcoming failure. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. And um, Alfred Adler, the guy who all of our classes at PEP are based in Adlerian psychology, he mm-hmm. said, we need to all have the courage to be imperfect because imperfection is the definition of being human. Okay. Perfection doesn't, doesn't exist. Right. So being imperfect is going to be our human lot. And the only way that we're going to grow is if we are, if we it can have the courage of our imperfection. In other words, if we're admitting that we haven't been perfect today, that we've made some mistakes and that tomorrow is an occasion to try again and hopefully grow and learn from those mistakes. Right. Right. So go ahead. Oh yeah. So one thing that, that I have been trying to do more and more in front of my nanny kids that might be helpful in a way to, to help kids develop their own, um, sense of growth mindset and and grit is that I provide examples so if I do something if I do something that I'm like oh wow that was a mistake I I shouldn't have done it that way or or whatever then I talk about it with 
with my nanny kid. Or if I'm <laughs> one time and I, I posted this on some nanny groups, I wore regular jeans to nanny and I'm very uncomfortable in regular jeans. I'm much more comfortable in like leggings when I'm in, when I'm nannying cause I'm up and down off the floor so often. Uh-huh, and, uh-huh. Um, and I wore regular jeans and halfway through the day, my, one of my nanny kids was like, Marfa, why are you so grumpy today? <laughs> I was like, you know what? I think it's because I'm uncomfortable in the clothing yeah. that I wore today. And so we talked about that, you know, and so bringing that up in front of the kids and admitting your own imperfection, Uh um, I think is, is really, really important. Exactly. So you took the words right out of my (laughs) mouth because that was going to be my next, my next strategy. First strategy is to bring the theory in any way, shape and form that you can to the grownups and the families that you're working for. But then the second thing is, is modeling, 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 modeling. That's how kids learn. They don't learn. We can talk till we're blue in the face. Face. They don't listen to that. What they really learn from is what they see. And so how we model imperfection is absolutely key. And you gave an incredible example. So um, my firstborn, I'm going to not tell you the whole story because it's too long, but my first dawn, I found out when she was in Montessori school and she was four that she was an incredible perfectionist. Mm. I had no idea. Yeah. It, it makes total sense now, but at the time I had no idea. And um, she had a performance as uh, in Peter Pan as Wendy, oh. and she had been talking about it for three months. And then the day of the performance, she wouldn't get out of the car seat. And I, with all my might, and I had 170 pounds, could not get her out of her car seat. So the teacher said, oh, well, she's you didn't know she's a perfectionist or she's afraid she's going to fail. And, um, and I said, well, what do I do about that? And she says, model imperfection. And here I was realizing, oh, my God, I never do that. I'm such a perfectionist myself, firstborn myself, and I constantly beat myself up in front of them out loud. And here I was having to unlearn that and do the exact opposite. But it's fun, actually. It really is fun yeah. when you're given permission to that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and so just like really cultivate imperfection and talking about it in a, in a way. So it's not about beating yourself up at all. So the point right. of modeling imperfection is to notice that something that you just made a mistake, speaking the mistake out loud, saying, oh, here I go again. I, go, I went to the grocery store. I forgot my list like I always do. And I came home and we have now five gallons of milk. What are we (laughs) going to do with this? (laughs) Anybody, any ideas, right? Right. So kind of like a fun way of, of modeling it and then say, you know, guys, anybody, any ideas of how I can do this better next time? And one of the kids can say, well, why don't you write your list on your iPhone? You always have your iPhone with you. It's like, oh, that's brilliant. right? Right. So, um, modeling imperfection and modeling how we are recuperating from the imperfections and how we're rebound, you know, rebounding from the, the, the mistakes and the, uh, the, so having the courage to be imperfect by modeling it, talking it out loud and showing how we, um, we come back from it. And yeah. And offering up that, uh, attempt at problem solving, uh, giving, yes. giving the kids a chance to help you solve that problem. Uh, right. I think is, is super important. Uh, and so the last thing, there's three things, right? The theory to teach parents, the, the modeling of imperfection, but then also the very key thing is what we call, we call the parent encouragement program, right? What we call encouragement. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a cornerstone, if not the, the foundational principle of Adlerian psychology, which is, or positive discipline also, which is how about focusing on what's working? How about talking of the things that are going well versus, because we do have a tendency with little kids that they make it really easy for us to notice the, 
Oh my God, no, don't touch this. Don't go there. Don't do that. Oh, we don't talk this way. No, no, no. Right. We we live kind of in the no world with little kids because it's the nature of the beast a little bit. Right. So I'm not beating anybody up for doing that, but it's so, it's so unnatural really to move from that to moving to a culture of encouragement instead of saying, well, Ma, uh, can I, um, can I go on the, on the, on the slide or on the, you know, can I go on the slide? It's really tall slide and the kid is really little. They've never done it. it says, uh, and you say, yes, if you hold my hand, right. yes, as long as you hold my hand, um, you know, so saying yes, saying what they can do and noticing what's going well and what's going well is not necessarily always success. It doesn't mean that they have to score a goal at soccer. It doesn't mean that they have to bring back an A on their homework, right? Or a star from school or whatever. Um, encouragement can happen in the face of, of even failures. Like, wow, you really don't like writing those letters, right? You really don't like that exercise. And look at you, you sat down for five minutes and you, tried so hard at putting this a between those two lines that's what i call persistence yeah, uh, yeah that's a form of encouragement where you're noticing the kid's effort and persistent and grit yes. in the face of hardship yes and not assigning um a judgment with it uh is another thing that i heard in the examples mm -hmm. that you used so not saying um you know if a kid shows you their coloring not saying oh i i i like <laughs> <laughs> I love about it. it. Yeah, I love it. It's so good. You did such a good job. But but rather saying, I noticed you used a lot of red. Mm -hmm. Tell me like about that. that. Yeah, tell me what what is going on there, or where you decided to make the dinosaur purple. What? Tell me about where that. Where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. So so yes, encouragement is. Um, is always about the other person and never about you because mm -hmm. that that's coming coming full circle to the beginning of our conversation if it's about you if you say i love when you do that or i love your drawing or um i'm so proud of you right this is right. all about you giving that 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 judgment that that so you might think that it's encouragement but really what it is is it's praise mm -hmm. and it is kind of like junk food because it's coming from the outside and uh, so it is not building this internal locust of, of self-acknowledgement that we were talking about before. Remember how I said, you know, uh, growth mindset really uh, happens to be about self a sense of self-accomplishment, a sense of our own accomplishment. We can't develop that if constantly we're waiting for other people to tell us how we're doing. Right. That's an external compass. So encouragement is about, I love saying this because I think it's so poetic and so pretty. It's about taking the little seeds of self-awareness and planting them in the children so that the children can grow, grow their own self-awareness, their own self-confidence, their own encouraged selves from within, right. not because we said so. Right. Oh, yeah. That gave me goosebumps. I love that. Uh, um, which... I just gave it praise, um, which is <laughs> no, 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 no. You didn't say I love what you said. You said I love that. And that's that's perfectly OK. So it's yeah. really OK. So let me give you an example. That's something that's still encouraging, even though it might sound like I love that. So the other day, honey, honey the other, you know, this is Sunday morning. You're having brunch with your with the kids. And um, you say, remember the other day? I forgot to tell you this, but we I came home from the grocery store. And my car was packed with groceries and I came home and you saw that I was getting out of the car and I was so frazzled and without even saying a word, you started helping me un un 
um, unload the groceries out of the car. And then you you actually started putting them away. And you know what? You were right. I was frazzled. I had a, I had a talk that night that I had to deliver. I was late for it. I wasn't prepared. And thanks to you, I was able to prepare, to calm down, to get myself ready. I got there on time and I gave a talk that people really appreciated. I couldn't have done it without you. I am so appreciative. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes. So this is me saying I appreciate what you did for me because because you helped me, but I'm very specific. I'm telling them exactly like I didn't ask and you came and helped me bring them in. And then I didn't say anything. And not only that, but you went one step further. You actually put them in the refrigerator. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. Right. right? Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. And another point in that uh, story that I think is important is that that can happen any time. It doesn't, even if you miss that moment because Mm -hmm. you're frazzled and (laughs) you're trying Mm -hmm. to get to the next thing, which we as nannies are often (laughs) frazzled. Um, But even if you miss that, that teaching moment right then, don't feel like that door shuts and locks. You can bring it back up over lunch the next day or the next week or, or whenever. Um, you know, but reference it very specifically. Um, and actually we talk about, um, so one of the things that's, that's probably another podcast, but we talk about family meetings, mm-hmm. right? And so there is no reason why there couldn't be meetings with the nannies as well. So right. family meetings that, where, that you guys would lead, especially if the families are not, the parents are not necessarily interested in those. So mm-hmm. what family meetings are, are their meetings, their encouragement, their meetings where people come together one, once a week. And so the, in that, every member of the, of the family and discusses um, appreciations for each other, like why we appreciate each other and um, discusses potentially the business of the family who's doing what this week. So for example, Monday morning, the nanny would come into the family and sit down with the kids and say, okay, let's sit down kids. Let's have a, let's have our meeting. Right. And it would talk about, okay, who's appreciating who for what. And then they would talk about what are we doing this week? Who's doing, who's going where? So we we're on the same page. And then um, you can also discuss um, potential issues. Eventually you can solve problems in this family meeting. Right. right? And so because you need appreciations for that meeting, if you become really good at encouragement and you do it all the time, you might come to the, to the meeting and say, Oh my goodness, what am I going to say? I don't have an appreciation right now. Right. And you're stuck. So we talk about the appreciation jar. And so if you go through your life with kids and you know, you miss an appreciation in a moment, you can actually write it down, put it in the appreciation jar. And so can the kids, by the way. Mm -hmm. And then you have something to talk about at the family meeting. So this is how much we we actually think that it's, you know, you cannot give enough encouragement ever. There's like a million ways to encourage every day, everyone. It's just amazing how much you can do this. And of course, have the time, you know, not have the time, but we might miss some and absolutely take those and reuse them later. It's, it's fabulous. Yes. And you know what, you know what, the additional layer of encouragement in this Mm -hmm. is that you care. You Mm -hmm. pay attention and you pay so much attention that you actually care to remember, make a note of it and get back to it. It's even, it's not that in the moment doesn't, isn't as valuable, but after the fact is, 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 has this additional encouragement piece to it. Oh, yes. That's such a good point. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to start a, a jar. That's great. We have a kindness (laughs) jar right now, but I think. Yeah. 
That would also be wonderful. It could totally go into your kindness chart because appreciation is kindness. You know? Right, exactly. And so is encouragement. So I just wanted to go back to, because uh, I was thinking, how do how do people might think, how does encouragement tie back to a growth mindset, mm-hmm. right? And so if you tell it, if you, if you, if I'm this little girl and I'm five years old or seven years old and people keep telling me she can't do math, she really is not that smart in math and math is really not her thing, etc. That's what I keep believing. And, or if I keep coming home with a C or a D or, you know, uh, you know, they bring me back down to honors and then back to the remedial class or whatever. That's the message I'm getting. If I have parents, if I have people at home that keep telling me, wait a second, don't listen to that. That's, you know, don't get stuck on that. It does, that doesn't matter. That's not what matters. What matters is what do we use math for in life? You know what we use math for? Why is this important? Why do you think they teach that in school? And then you start talking about, you know, recipes and, 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 you know, all these other things that right. you use math for when you're growing up, that's actually like really important to know math, right? You say, how about we focus on that? How about we do, we bake cookies this afternoon and you're going to help me and we're going to work on math that way. What do you think? Right. Mm-hmm. And then help kids notice with encouragement. Like I said, with the letters, it could very well be with their multiplication tables, you know, you know, right. remember like two months ago, how you couldn't do the multiplication table of two. Look at you. You're doing it in your sleep now, right? right. So what's the, what's the multiplication table of three? Come on, give me a break. You did two, you can do three. Right. That's, yes. encourage, that's encouragement, you know? So yes. that's, that's how encouragement feeds the growth mindset. Right, is that it's not about uh, reaching or just like checking off mm-hmm. boxes necessarily. Exactly, it's exactly. About- or reaching, reaching an ultimate goal. Right. Or a right. certain level that's that's predetermined. You know, that's not the point. Yeah, that somebody else picked for you. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, another thing is, is when kids, that moment of when kids feel disappointed or um, they feel like they failed at something or, or they're scared to try something, that right in that sweet spot moment what are some things that you can do um let's start with they ju- they just are disappointed about something or they failed at something in that moment what can you do for them to help encourage and uh give me can you give me um uh, yeah i have a very, i have an answer but i want to kind of role play it with you so can you give yeah. me an example specific yeah. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll do something from my life um, because I I was an actress. And so there's a lot of not getting the, the role that you wanted. Um, So I really, in high school, I really wanted Frenchie um, Mm. in Greece and, and I didn't end up getting Frenchie uh, and I got kind of a smaller bit part, um, which ended up being great but in that moment I was crushed that I was not picked to play Frenchie um so yeah something something along those lines of so you you come home Mm -hmm. and here's some of the things that that people could say to you right and they could say oh they're lost they have no idea they're such idiots (laughs) they did not pick you um or um uh you know I'm gonna call the school I cannot believe this. They've passed you over yet again. You're such an incredible actress. I don't know what's wrong with those people. And plus it's completely unfair, right? right. Or, oh, come on, get over it. Like, you, you're a grown girl. You, you'll have other chances. This is not defining you. Who cares? Yeah. 
you feel it? Yeah, those are what all these things do, (laughs) right? Way to go shutting down the conversation. And so, so what did I do? Why did why did those things shut down? Shut you down? Um, they, I mean, uh, almost all of them put. Well, the first two put the blame on some. Like it seems like you're playing blame hot Mm -hmm. potato. Uh of like oh it's their fault Uh (laughs) and And i'm trying to rescue you or yeah right and then the last one uh, seems like my feelings are invalid exactly so really that's what happens with kids who are disappointed right most of the times we mean well we want them to be happy we want to we we love them we don't want them to feel pain it's painful to watch a little some little little person hurting right and so you want to you want to rescue them you want to go make the pain go away you want to be the magic wand right Right. and um so what we do is we swoop in and we do all these things no you're not hurt honey this was just a little fall or just they're they're idiots don't 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 listen to them don't don't let them hurt their feel your feelings you're better than that right none of these things actually acknowledge the kid's feeling in the moment right so the only thing that one can do in the face of somebody else's emotions is acknowledge them. Yeah. And that, by the way, is encouraging mm-hmm. because if I show up with empathy, if I just I'm standing there with open arms and whatever you're coming home with, I can take and I can hold mm-hmm. without trying to change it. I'm just here for you. I get it. I really see you. I hear you. I get you. Oh my goodness. Are you angry? You are so angry. I get it. Like I feel it. And you know what? If I were you, I'd be angry too. This is angry making, right? Right. Oh, you're so sad, honey. I'm so sad that you're so sad. Come here. Let's just just be sad. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let, let me hug you. Let me, you don't want to be hugged. That's fine. I'm here for you. I'm here. You know, I get it. This is sad. So just, you know, and, and, um, it's wonderful to be a little bit of an actor in those moments. <laughs> right. Not, not a thing to be fake at all in, on the country. It, the more truly empathic you are in those moments. But what I mean by that is that if you can really mirror, you're supposed to be a mirror of their emotions in those moments. Mm-hmm. And so I've done that actually in supermarkets. I walk around in supermarkets and there's kids throwing tantrums and parents like frazzled and blah, blah, blah. And the kids throwing a tantrum and I kind of like, and make sure it's okay, of course. Right. You know, just this, but I'd go if I get a chance. I go over and look at them and say, "Oh my goodness, you are so angry right now. You are so angry. I see that. Sorry, you're so angry." And they look at me and just like totally, <laughs> completely deflated. No, granted, it's probably because of the surprise effect of. But right. really, I, I've seen it because the only times done, I've done it with other kids in other families at playdates, people that know me, and it immediately it's just like intense how kids react to. Oh my God, I'm seen, I'm heard, I'm felt, and it's okay. It's okay. There's nothing to fix. It is what it is. And here's the the, the cherry on the cake for for grownups who are doing this. I, I'm, I don't know what the percentage is, but I'm going to say 75% of the time, whatever issue was, was happening, by the time you've held it long enough and you've been with it long enough, it's gone. Right. It's just like a wave that needs to run its course. Yeah. So yeah. you ride the wave of, of people's emotions, of little kids' emotions. So the answer to your question is, you know, in the moment of disappointment, you just be with disappointment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so I beautiful. Hear- yeah. I hear I hear you, buddy. That that's not good. That's not fun. That's 
going to be pretty painful. Yeah. Right. I get it. And offer, I I loved offering a hug, but if they don't want a hug, then also that being fine. Um, Uh Yeah. That's all, that's all very, very helpful. Um, And, and yeah, there is such, um, I know for, for me, there's such a tendency to want to problem solve. Um, because it makes me feel better and, and it's not about me. Um, and Mm -hmm. so I think that's also Mm -hmm. a really helpful reminder, uh, that when in those moments, when the kid is, is disappointed or, or sad or angry to just, to just honor that and hold space for their emotions and, and empathize with them. Because let me tell you why grit, which can also be called courage is a muscle that one develops by going to the gym of the hard knocks of life. Mm. And if we grown-ups keep getting in the way of kids getting hit in the face so that they can grow grit and muscles and courage, we're getting in the way of them developing what they need so that they can function in life. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. We're robbing them. Mm-hmm. We are. And, and yeah, and I, I know that I, I still remember moments that like that, that were robbed (laughs) from me. And so, yeah, just giving, giving kids a chance to, to feel all of their emotions that they don't need to shut them down, (laughs) that they can honor them. And then, and then later, once the, once they've returned to kind of a, Mm-hmm. a place once they've had time to process a little bit yeah then yeah. then you can talk about potentially problem solving depending on sure. if the kid wants to or or not exactly or things like that but yeah in the moment when that you emotion... always ask always ask for permission always yeah. that's kind of like the rule of thumb so if in doubt ask for permission no <laughs> then... no that was really not fun when you came home from school it was we were really struggling there it wasn't so good for a while i'm wondering if, if, I'm wondering if you'd like to talk about it. Would you like to share? Would you like and 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 you can say, you know, I have some some ideas. I have some thoughts. So you could you could say, what are you going to do about it? And a lot of the times, kids are going to say, I don't know, or they're <laughs> right. just going to look at you and stare, you know. And you can say, um, well, I have some ideas about about it. If you'd like me to share or or whatever, let me you let me know whenever. Right. And uh, but it's. I call it um, when I when I give my my talks or my workshops to parents. I say um, this is where the rubber of parenting meets the road. Right. This is where the rubber of being a grown up raising a kid meets the road because this is the hardest thing to do is to get out of the way when there is going to be pain for a child mm-hmm. before, during, or after. That is the hardest thing because we we don't want them to be in pain. Right. And we know we're grownups. We know how this goes. We know how to not get hit by a friend or what to do when they don't invite us to the birthday party or when we don't get the part in the play or when the teacher gives us an F in mass and makes us, you know, makes us feel like idiots in front of everybody. We know what to do as grownups. So why don't, why can't we just tell them? Why can't? Because that's not how people learn. Yeah. They learn by developing their own experience, having their own experiences and developing their own muscles. Right. Exactly. Oh, well, thank you so much. Um, I know that we could talk about this for hours and hours and that there oh my are goodness, people yes. who have talked about it for hours and hours. You talk about it for hours and hours. <laughs> um, but I, I want to let you get back to your evening. Um, mm. 
And so uh, before I let you go, uh, if you can let the listeners know some resources, you mentioned some throughout, um, and and these will be linked on chroniclesofnania.com, and then I'll also share them on Facebook. Um, but yeah, some some resources if if the listeners want to learn more. Sure. So let me start at the top. So uh, the psychologist I was talking about from Stanford is Carol Dweck, D-W-E-C-K. And her book is called Mindset. And her tech, TED Talk is called The Power of Yet. And mm-hmm. I, it's just incredible. Then there is Angela Lee Duckworth. And if you Google her, so Angela Lee, L-E-E, Duckworth, like a duck and worth <laughs> something. Yeah. And she has a TED Talk on grit. And so if you Google TED Talk, Angela D. Duckworth, TED Talk on Grit, you'll find her, her TED Talk. And then, of course, my beloved PEP, the Parent <laughs> Encouragement Program, which is, by the way, a nonprofit organization based in Maryland, in Kensington, Maryland. So I know you have people listening from all over the country and all over the world. And so some of them are not going to be able to come to Maryland. Unfortunately, it would be great and we would love to have them. But we have a website, which is pepparent.org, P-E-P parent.org. And when you go to this website, there's a gazillion resources. And there is um, one of the tabs in the menu, which is called classes and programs. Mm -hmm. And if you look down there, you will see that we now offer a whole library of online classes. And so people from all over the world can watch for a a very nominal fee. These unbelievable um, unbelievable webinars and talks and workshops that have been given that are online on all sorts of different tro- topics. And this library is growing, is growing weekly more and more. So then there's my modest website. Uh, so I'm Pascal Brady and my website is uh, thechallengecoach.com thechallengecoach.com and um, and there's a resources tab and under the resources tab you've got a bunch of resources and links to a, a, a bunch of other of different places and so you can find information there as well mm-hmm. and then uh, let me just go back to my presentation here I just wanted to to tell you about Paul Tao um, at the end here so there is a book by Paul Tao so his name is T-O-U-G-H. And his book is called How Children Succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's kind of everything I can think of right now. And if I think of anything else, I'll definitely send it to you so you can post it to the website. Wonderful. So yes, if there's if there's anything and or if you're you're driving and listening to this and can't write all of that down, uh, <coughs> do not fear. It will be on the Chronicles of Nania website. And then I will also post uh, a list of those links or a link to a Google Doc with all of those resources um, on Facebook. I, I do want to plug a little ad here. Yeah. Um, those PEP online classes that I was just telling you about, I'm actually recording a webinar that you can listen to live. And it's great when you're live because you can ask questions as you as we go through the webinar. Right. Um, but then if you record for the web, if you, I'm sorry, register for the webinar and you don't have time to see it when it's on, then you can also see it later at any time. But it's called Stop the Yelling, Start the Cooperation. Mm. And it's on Wednesday, February 21st, Great. Wednesday, February 21st at 9 p.m. at night Eastern, uh, okay. just so people can actually, who are busy, can actually attend. So yeah. this would be one of the things that you could just like, the nannies could just say, parents you know there's a webinar that you can attend and it's at 9 p.m after the kids are in bed and it's gonna be great yes oh that that does sound great everyone should check that out um (laughs) well (laughs) wonderful uh is there is there anything else 
Now I think I've kind of <laughs> said a little too much, actually, when I look at the time. I'm sorry. Can oh, you tell no. I get excited about this stuff? Yes, I love it. I love that excitement. Uh, and I I really appreciate it. And I get very excited about all of this as well. Um, and it's so nice to to talk to someone who's also excited about it. Um it, so, makes, it makes a really big difference. I really care about, you know, all the topics, but I really care about the topic of encouragement, of growth mindset, because as you could hear, it really had an impact on me. And I think that we can raise kids who are more resilient, have more grit, and just do better in life, are, are just better grown up. And it doesn't matter who teaches them these things. Mm-hmm. You know, if it doesn't come from parents, it's a nanny, it's a grandparent, it's a teacher. It, it, one, it, 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 only, it only takes one person to teach them these things. And it can make an immense difference in their life. Yes, yes. What a, what a beautiful way to, to wrap it up. Um, mm-hmm. But we do end with a, a story or a quote from a kid Um and Pascal, did you did you have one? If you don't, I have one. You know, I've racked my brains and I've told you all my kids' stories tonight, <laughs> so I, I can't think of it. I couldn't think of anything that had to do with this particular topic. I apologize. No, no worries at all. This one actually it doesn't really have to do with this particular topic, but um it was uh I was uh blessed enough to get an education from one of my little ones about um, the human life cycle. Mm. He um, in in the car the other day was telling me that he knew all about the human life cycle. And so this mm-hmm. is according to a four year old. This is how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, first, you're a baby and then you're a little kid and then you're a big kid and then you're a grown up and then you're a grandparent and then you're under a gravestone mm-hmm. and then you're a goblin <laughs> And then you're a ghost, and then you're a witch, and then you are dead. Oh my goodness! I know. I did. Well, awesome to find out that you've got all these other stages that you to look forward to before you're really dead. And then one of my uh, <laughs> nanny friends was like, "You should ask him. Uh, are we? Can we still have play dates once we're under the gravestone?" And he said, "Only if you're under the same gravestone." So. There's there's a lot that we don't know yet. <laughs> oh my goodness! And what's going on in their minds is so I amazing. Know. That I is know. so neat. It was very very uh, a fun moment, and yeah, I just I just said, tell me more, tell me more about that. I, I want to be know. one of those witches under the same gravestone as a bunch of my friends, witches, and have I a know. play date. Oh my goodness, I that know. sounds awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Pascal. This was wonderful. Well, thank you. I really had a great time and I uh, I really hope that this was helpful for your listeners and that um, they get something out of it and um, love to come back and talk about anything else you'd like. Oh, yes. I, I would love that. We'll talk about that off air. <laughs> oh, okay. Sounds awesome. good. No, no, no. Uh, awesome. Well, uh, and thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.